world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Me here in the States, and Anthony, you are? I'm in uh, Dublin, Ireland. That's great. Uh, this is day 12, and I'm flying out today, Sunday, and I land uh, about 7, 38 o'clock tonight in Newark Airport, back to Dirty Jersey. Dirty Jersey. I got to tell you, it's been a great, uh, great educational trip. You know, I love to go around and, and learn about history, and everybody should travel, and I've been doing a lot of travel safety rants while I'm out here. I must say, Sandy, of the 20 or so countries I've been to, the Irish have been the friendliest by far. Really? Yes, everybody, from people on the street to people working in all the service industries, everybody's been extremely friendly. Uh, my my radar is always up. I've never seen any reason, you know, for me to go from condition yellow to condition orange. It's just been fun. Food is... Uh, I don't want to say it in disparaging, but food is more basic and hearty, like stews and, mm -hmm. and, and, and poached fish and stuff. Yeah. And I, I like that, actually. You know, yeah. they don't have a lot of heavy sauces. It's uh, it, it, It's been a great trip. I, I just learned a lot about from potato famine and North Ireland to regular Republic of Ireland and, you know, fighting with England. And it, it's just it's been a great trip. I, I must say I recommend it for anybody. Uh, leave Dublin after a day or two and um hit Westport and a few other of the cities and you will not be disappointed. The, the, the bathrooms and the hotels are the same as us standards and, uh, food has been really good. I, I, you know, I don't drink. I had a Guinness. Wow. And I also had, they're big here with apple cider. It's hard cider. Yeah. That shit's dangerous. Yeah. I can imagine. It tastes like apple cider. Oh, but it's loaded with uh, booze. Not bad, like 4.5% alcohol. Oh, okay. That, I guess that's it, not bad, right? No, nah, it's not bad. You can drink a couple of them. I just drank one after dinner one night, and it was just, you know, I like apple cider. So, yeah, me too. Yeah, I could have drank 40 of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to report on uh, some news. My next broadcast, I'll be reporting uh, from uh, Gun for Hire Radio again at the range, but I got the results. Uh, from the NRA election, and I lost. Mm -hmm. And uh, t 33 people were vying for 27 slots. Yeah. So I didn't make the uh, top 27, uh, which is okay. You know, I ran on petition. It's very hard to win if you're not nominated by the NRA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought I was going to be nominated, but I wasn't. But <clears throat> we, we, we have to think about this and i've been critical of the nra on issues before that i disagree with but everybody knows i bleed nra and i donate to the nra and i'm on three committees and you know but i'm allowed to criticize them when i disagree with something right. that's what a member is allowed to do right? right right well uh i gave it the team spirit and i just i wanted to take a moment before we get deep into the show is i really want to thank everybody that broke their backs like cliff toy and gary allison you know bob sporting goods stores and 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 everybody else that shared my stuff and got petitions signed for me and i sent them literature to hand out at gun shows and everything you know it's interesting but you know only one gun place supported me in the whole state of new jersey well one gun store out of Manelli's, and uh one other gun range is bob's little sports shop down south jersey. oh i'm wrong Garden State Shooters and um, and SureShot also supported me. Uh, but it would have been nice if I had gotten some more Jersey support. I don't know I, I don't know where I finished yet in the final tally. I'll know that uh, Saturday at annual meeting. Right. Now, I will be going to annual meeting, the NRA annual meeting. The website is nraam.com. 
It takes place on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the end of this April. It's in Indianapolis, Indiana. If you do go, hit me up through one of my social media or email. I'd love to shake your hand and thank you uh, for supporting me. I will be there walking the whole show. I belong to Read of, Ring of Freedom Heritage Society and everything. I'm a committee member. I'm speaking at NRA clubs and associations at Friday at 10 a.m. There's a lot to go on there. And, again, I'm, I'm not going there bitter. I get along with a lot of board members. I have relationships with them. I have relationships with some of the executives and uh, – you know, the regular general staff of NRA are all good people. They're all doing their job. So I'm looking forward. This is my favorite show every year uh, after the Blade Show. My Blade Show would be number one, um, NRA annual meeting number two. SHOT Show would be number 634. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, uh, anyway. But but if you're not going, you should really make plans to go. And like I said, I'll be there. Tactissi will be there, too. I'm flying in with Jimmy the Gun Guy on a Wednesday, and we'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, there's a little thing that a lot of people don't know. In the NRA bylaws, you can vote for a 76 director when you're there. All you have to do is attend the annual meeting. You need to be an NRA member, annual, yearly, life, benefactor, patriot, endowment, whatever. Uh, as long as you were a member before March 8th of 2019, you can cast a ballot. And the NRA will be pitching someone they'll nominate. It's usually a board member that lost or something. I vote every year. You know, I'm not one of those uh, 88% of the NRA voting members that don't vote. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for you to vote a 76 director in. So uh, make sure you check out that, too. They have a lot of shows and entertainment going on. It's just it's it's overall my favorite show. And uh, I've been ranting a lot of uh, safety tips as I travel daily. And if anybody wants those rants, <clears throat> it's on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and, of course, my YouTube channel. Uh, you should all uh, check it out. You know, I'm, <clears throat> I coined a new phrase. As I travel around, I learn so much about history and, you know, what socialism has done and how many people have died. I think... After religion, more people have died under the guise of socialism than anything else. I think it's actually more than religion. You think it's more than religion? Yeah, yeah. When you take a look at uh, some of you know the uh, the Pol Pot regimes, uh, uh, I, you know, we're talking about people in the millions. So you really think so? Pushing yeah. so yeah. Well, Stalin. Yeah. We don't know. Nobody will ever know nobody how many Mao know. or Stalin killed, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. You know, what happened in Ireland here was that the, the ground was fertile and the Angles didn't want them here. So they, uh, you know, warred back and forth to push them off their island. No different than what, you know, the Europeans did going to America or anywhere else. It's just the whole world is a history of raping and pillaging, right? Yeah, of course. The strong yeah. taking sure. advantage of the weak. Right. But I'm thinking about how our young kids are indoctrinated today, how these millennials think everything is going to be free. And I, I coined this term, and I think it might stick. We don't teach history in school anymore, because if you teach people history, there's a less chance that history will repeat itself, correct? Correct. They teach futury in school now. <laughs> Do you like that? I like that. It's not history, it's futury. We teach about, under socialism, what the future is going to be like. You know, everybody's shitting out daisies and drinking glitter and no one having to work. Everyone just gets a living wage to stay home and we all make the same amount of money and everybody owns the same things. And, you know, that's basically, as Rodney Dangerfield said in, fantasy, in, in Back to School, that's fantasy land. Yeah, right. Or, or communism, uh, you know, communism fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, you you know you go into socialism freely, and the only way to escape it is at the end of a gun barrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you, and you notice that that they have uh, the borders are guarded in socialist countries, not to keep people out, but to keep people in. Yes, you, you're not allowed to leave, and so. We're teaching futury in school, like, oh, this is what the world is going to be like because it's going to be a utopia of socialism. And listen, it does not work. But traveling and learning history uh, and learning history more in depth than I ever, ever learned in my whole life that I've been blessed to be able to travel like this. It's kind of disheartening, you know? Yeah. 
And then you look back on the U.S. and we have like Pumpkinhead Menendez. All he's pushing right now is legalizing weed and he wants to pass a bill that weed stores have to also uh, take checks and credit cards. <laughs> Like, this is the shit they have to worry about. The, the problem with that is they're not allowed to take credit cards or checks because they can't do banking. Correct. And But this is the shit that our politicians worry about. Now, again, medicinal marijuana, I'm all for it. Uh, recreational mar- marijuana, you you got a lot of selling for me to do there. You know, I'm an addict already. I'm a nicotine addict. And, you know, people are alcohol addicts, vape addicts, nicotine addicts or whatever. But our politicians, it's just about identity politics and going back and forth and creating all of these distractions and diversions. And meanwhile, they want to keep our eyes off the prize. Our prize is that our taxes keep going up. Our infrastructure continues to crumble. They're flooding our country with migrants for future votes where we should be taking care of our, um, ourselves. And it's it's quite disheartening. And, you know, I just talked about uh, people that are addicted to vaping. I see a lot of vaping going on in Europe, too. Uh, indicative to the same uh, as the U.S. You know, the younger kids are all walking around with these big douche flutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they take 80 batteries and shit, and all of a sudden they take an inhale and a cloud the size of <laughs> Minnesota exits their mouth. And you walk through it, and I'm like, oh, what flavor was that? It smells like uh, mango testicle sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, holy shit. I mean, be a man and get like a man flavor or something like beef jerky. Do they have that? I don't know, but oh. I would vape if they had yeah. Slim Jim flavored Maybe. or beef jerky flavored. Yeah, or bacon. Bacon flavored bacon vaping, flavor. right? Sure. Why is everything mango? I know. That's strange, isn't it? Or so, strawberry. So, so this guy, this middle-aged guy in Kmart down in South Jersey, uh, in Tom's River. You know Tom's River well, right? Yep. Uh, this gentleman in his 30s came out of a vaping store with his vaping cartridges and this 18 year old kid robbed him at gunpoint at knife point for his vaping cartridges wait a minute this was he came out of what kmart you said no he came out of the kmart mall in tom's river there's a vaping store in the kmart mall i'm not sure what well, i haven't been there it, they don't list it it's a kmart parking lot on route 37 in tom's river oh okay and he, he, the guy came out with the vaping cartridges, and this 18-year-old kid approached him and tried to steal them from him. And the guy resisted, and the 18-year-old kid stabbed him multiple times in the abdomen and the legs. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he required – oh, his stomach and chest uh, and legs, by oh, the way. Oh, wait a minute. I know where that is. Uh, see? And, and the guy requires emergency surgery. You know – we talk about this a million times. You you let an 18-year-old kid get the jump on you and stab you. Listen, yeah, I know yeah, it's New right, Jersey. Right. I can't draw my, my little 38 out and put one right between his eyes so his mother could bury Cyclops, right? Right, right. We, we, we know that's not going to happen. But how are you not – you don't have a defensive pen. You don't have a knife on you. You don't have a lipstick bodyguard or a mace, you know, pepper spray on you. Yeah. I don't understand it. And where was your head? I guarantee you the 30-or-so-year-old right. guy was texting right? as he walked out. And this kid approached him and said, give me what's in the bag, right? Because who knows? Maybe he's a junkie and he wants to sell $100 worth of vaping cartridges for a $5 bag of heroin. I don't, we don't know all the particulars yet, right? Yeah, right. But the, the kid was charged with attempted murder and possession of a weapon and drug-related charges. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Drug-related charges. So this is the shit we deal with. But how are you not prepared? Now, if a middle-aged man – or a man in his 30s. I'm sorry. I'm middle-aged at 58. Shut up, all you bitches. <laughs> uh, if a man in his you 30s – live to be 116, you're middle-aged, I guess. Correct. But if a man in his 30s is going to allow himself to be robbed and stabbed and could have died over vaping cartridges – and there's a picture of this kid, Latour, in the article. He's 18 years old. He weighs about seven. Pounds. Oh, my God. You know, it just makes me think of how unaware everybody is. Yeah, right. Right. <clears throat> no one's paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And what happens is you let yourself get in this position. If that guy walked out of the store with his keys in his hand, in condition yellow with a purpose, there's yeah. a good chance the shitbag would not even have approached him. Right. But if he did approach him, if he had some type of self-defensive tool or verbal judo, something on him, it wouldn't have escalated that far. I mean, what if this guy cut, what if this junkie cut one of his arteries or something? Right. He would have bled out in the a parking lot. Absolutely, sure. Now, what about somebody like you? You live down that area. You come out of a shopping center, and you're putting bags in the trunk of your car. Right. And your back is exposed. Right. People need to wake up. The crime and the danger is out there. Yeah. And it's not always like it's looking for you. It's like you're looking for it because you, you're walking around in condition white. And that area down there used to be safe. It has changed so much in the past, oh, I'd say, 20 years or so. It's gotten to a point where uh, there have been a number of really violent crimes and murders, in fact, in an area that, you know, uh, used to be pretty much, you know, just a, a middle class uh, area. Sid, you can't get away from it anywhere. It no. doesn't matter anywhere, no, right. anywhere, especially drugs and right. gangs and stuff. Right. It it doesn't really matter. You know, like on vacation here, I'm walking the streets. I'm alert to where I go outside my hotel, smoke a cigar. I got my back to the wall. Right. I got my back to the wall. I got one leg up. I got my defensive pen in my right pocket, and I'm smoking a cigar. You know, I don't. The knife laws in Ireland are strict. I don't need to be get arrested for that. But I want to see the cops charge me for giving somebody a sucking chest wound with a pen. Right. You know? Right. Okay. Right. My deadly weapon. What was a deadly weapon? It was a pen, yeah. You governor, magistrate, or whatever <laughs> it, was, it is they it have was, here. It was, it, it was a pen. It's the only thing I had. I don't know. It's, I was here in in, 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 in in Ireland studying the writings of Yeats, governor. Right. So I was writing. I was taking notes. He got in the way. Yes. So... I'm always alert. I'm always aware. I'm in restaurants. I ate in a restaurant tonight. I ate in a restaurant every night, by the way. I think I gained about 58 pounds or so. <laughs> I've never eaten so many potatoes in my life, but i got to tell you something. The potatoes here are t flavorful. Really? Yeah, they're all like new potato size. I don't know if they just grow a certain oh. kind like because they export like 90% of their uh, dairy and, uh, and produce in Ireland. Wow. Yeah, export where to uh, England or yes, yeah, all over Europe, the, the EU. Wow, you know it's it's funny. Think about this, our listeners. There's nine million people in the state of New Jersey. There's only four point eight million people in Ireland. Oh my God! There's more Irish people in the United States yeah, yeah. than in, in Ireland, and majority of Americans have Irish blood in them because the Irish have been coming to the U.S. since 1850. Yeah, since the the, fa the famine, the potato famine. Uh, we did a tour of the famine ships and the survival rate going across the Atlantic was about 20%. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They took us on a ship, uh, the Donegal. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting, but, but getting back to this, you have to, you have to spend your life. You have to walk around like you're going to be approached by somebody. Somebody's going to be the bad guy. I had a woman in her fifties ask me for a light the other night. And my radar went up. Yeah. I'm looking around, making sure this is not a setup. I reach right. in my pocket for my lighter. Her friend steps out from behind the shadows, puts a knife to me or gun or whatever. Right. right? right. So first thing, I my back is against the wall. I look left. I look right. I took my lighter out and I handed it to her. Yeah. I didn't like it's a throwaway. I carry these 99 cent to Jeeps when I travel because you can't bring them on a plane. Right. So I always end up leaving one with TSA. Here, guys, have a nice day. And uh, I handed her my lighter while my head was still on a swivel, and she lit her cigarette. She thanked me, and I took my lighter back, and I stood in that defensive position, and then I moved about 10 feet down. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't being marked for robbery or something. Right, sure. And I, I, I know people think it's a terrible way to live, but I like to go home. Yeah, right. I like to go home at the end of a night or the end of a vacation. Well, I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I remember, you know it's kind of funny when you, me and Cy say are in Atlanta and we're walking the last time we were in downtown, we stayed downtown and we were out walking around at night and, and the, I mean, it's just littered with bums and vagrants and we were not approached at all. In fact, no. they, they backed away from <laughs> us like we were on fire. Yeah. Cause the three of us were walking like we were killers. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what it was. I thought it was just the New York attitude, but it was it was funny to watch because they were bothering everybody in front of us, and then as soon as we got there, they just immediately dispersed and backed away. And we didn't because, say a word. Because predators look for prey. Yeah, yeah. And you want to try not to look for prey. Now, listen, it's hard for me not to stand out here. I wear my traveling MERS from PackSafe, you know, with all the right, security right. features in it. By the way, everybody, you should go, if you go on Amazon, they're not a paid sponsor, but it's P-A-C-S-A-F-E. They make a bunch of different items. I carry, I think, the 1100. It's a sling bag, cross-shoulder bag. And uh, I keep all my stuff in there except, uh, like, some money and my defensive pen. But it's pretty good to have. But, yeah, you, you want to walk around in condition yellow. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in today. Right. And I'm, I'm just always, always have your head on a swivel. Be alert. Be aware. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm on a tour. So every time we got into the coach is when I would check my phone, not when I'm walking around on the streets. Right. Plus, you know, some young kid, if you get a 100-pound kid that grabs your phone out of your hand, good luck getting my fat ass to waddle down the street and catch him. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll leave, we'll leave it at that, and we'll pick up. It's a good place to break. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that, and we'll be right back. I Governor. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise, and although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four. 250-pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless-looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. So listen, a couple of sponsors. Remember Dr. Brian Tans from NewYorkSmile.com? Right. Check them out. New York, N-E-W-Y-O-R-K, Smile.com, 210 East 68th Street, New York, New York. He's one of less than 500 dentists that can do what he does in the United States. Go on his website, check him out, throw him a review, send him an email, thank you or something. And if you need your teeth done... Hook them up. If you know someone that needs their teeth knocked out, knock them out uh, for them and leave Dr. Brian Tance's card in their pocket. It's good. Okay, I like that. All right. Hang out at a hockey game or something. Okay, somebody gets a puck to the mug and they need new fronts, Dr. Brian Tance can do it. Very nice. Right? Perfect. Uh, 
Remember under Obama, the banking had they had Operation Choke Point. Yeah, that's where people in the violence industry, like me, that own a gun range and a training facility, and gun stores that sell guns legally, and the gun manufacturers were not getting loans, were paying higher interest than non-violent businesses. Right, and uh, it kind of went away. Our, our Republican senators and everything, when uh, Trump got elected, we had that senator, what's it, Joe Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy down in Louisiana. Yeah. He told the banks, he's like, you know, we didn't add any restrictions when you lent, when we lent you money in 2008 mm. during the fall. Right. And now you're adding restrictions to lend money out. So the banks all pulled back on that. Well, guess what? It's back. Great. We have anti-gun groups are pressuring banks, and it's called – I'm trying to find it. Uh, they want fewer guns by running campaigns to weaken the gun industry, the gun lobby, and any lawmakers that support them. It's called The group is called Guns Down America, and it has created a ranking system that gives 15 banks letter grades based primarily on their ties to firearms makers and trade groups like the NRA. Great. All right. Among the half dozen banks that have gotten failing grades are Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, the article said. On the other hand, Citigroup got high marks. So they're rating all of these banks down and they're pressuring Congress to not uh, to, to make to pass laws that if anybody is in the violence business, what they coin violence business, the banks shouldn't lend us any money. Nice. So so they actually got uh, senators on the, on the, our side, Senators Kevin Kramer, a Republican from North Dakota. Oh, John Kennedy. I'm sorry. John Kennedy from Louisiana introduced the Firearms Freedom Financing Act. It is designed to prevent large financial institutions from denying service to constitutionally protected industries that are fully compliant with all laws and statutes. Good. Now, the House will never pass it. No, of course not. The Senate will pass it, but the House will So it will never get to Trump's desk. But this is where we're at in our country now. How about addressing our revolving door criminal justice system, our failed mental health system, our failed prevention for suicide? It's 2019. We still can't address mental health issues properly. We can't address post-traumatic stress disorder properly with our veterans. We have a minimum of 22 veterans a day committing suicide. And this is the political grandstanding fluff that our politicians focus on all the time. Right. We're not the problem. We are not the problem. And it's pissing me off, man. Uh, you know, I did the prep for my iPhone this week, so the order might be out a little bit. Usually I like to try to flow, yeah. you know, and, and go into stuff. So today it's going to be jumping around a little bit. But uh, the representative from California, Eric Swalwell. Right. This is the one that a few months ago said that, you know, we have the government has nuclear weapons if we don't hand in our AR-15s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now he's running for president. Oh, great. Yeah, one of 72 people running on the Democratic platform, and they're all racing to the left to get the younger and, and the illegal votes. Everything is about free shit. And uh, basically, he just announced that if he was president, he would push to adapt New, New Zealand-style gun control. There's only one problem from Eric Swalwell is New Zealand doesn't have a Second Amendment in their constitution, bitch. Right. That's what they. Uh, that's that's what they all forget. Never it's mind the fact away. that it's that it doesn't do anything at all because the crime rate, as we know, escalates. Look at what happened in in Europe, uh, the UK. Uh, how is Ireland? I, I mean, how is shotguns? Ireland? Shotguns. Shotguns. You can get rifles, uh, but they have to stay at the hunting club. Oh. Hand, handguns are pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Our coach driver Tom, he's got a couple of side by side and over under shotguns, yeah. and he goes out and he'll bird hunt and they shoot skeet traps, sporting clays, and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I ask everybody, and what, I've been in like uh, seven different hotels in twelve days because we did a whole tour. And whenever I get to a hotel, I go on Yelp or TripAdvisor, and I search gun range. Are there anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's about 15 ranges, but they're all gentlemen's clubs. They're all skeet, trap, and, uh, okay. and shotgun clubs. Yeah. So uh, that's it, you know. Uh, so it's only the police and military that have guns uh, here. 
and the you know the convicts and criminals. The, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people carrying guns illegally. That's different. That doesn't count, yeah, Sandy. I know. That's <clears throat> they don't commit violence with the guns. That's, no, that's the problem. Only no. you know, good people commit violence with guns. Yeah, it's backwards. But so so Swalwell is uh, now running for president as well, and there's just a whole shitload of people running for president, which I think is pretty cool and exciting. Yeah. Because they're going to keep racing to the left, and they're going to keep eating themselves. I told you my story about the Shih Tzu bird, right? No. The Shih Tzu bird was a bird during during the Second World War in the Pacific. Some Navy sailors on some destroyers saw this phenomenon of a shih tzu bird. And what a shih tzu bird is, is it's this bird that circles round and round clockwise. And a circle gets tighter and tighter until it flies up its own ass and disappears. (laughs) And (laughs) the 17 or 47 Democrats that are running right now, they're just one big shih tzu bird. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much the case. Yeah, they're all racing to the left. Yeah, everybody is racing in that ca- that clockwise circle, and then the circle is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Poof, they're all going to disappear. And, you know, I still right now I still think Bernie Sanders is going to win. Yeah, or uh, you, you think they're trying to take Joe Biden out? At, you know, the, uh... Joe Biden is too moderate. <clears throat> Joe he... Biden is too moderate. Now, you know that I'm a capitalist and I like green, so. Cory Booker and Kamala Harris on their campaign platforms are running for slave reparations. Oh, great. So this comes up every once in a while from time to time. There's no argument that slaves were mistreated. But <laughs> of course not. My ancestors came here in the 1940s. Right. Way, they were, in essence, pretty way much later. Sl- yeah, slaves, they were himself, slaves yeah. in, in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, now, I don't want to trivialize the difference they got to go home at night slaves were chained to a bed or whatever whatever the circumstances may be hey way back but, in uh, rome they didn't get to go home at night no i understood but so my ancestors on my mother and father's side came here in the 40s my grandparents so you can cut me right out of that slave reparation shit all right let's go go to ancestry.com and every white anglo-saxon protestant that came here back from when slavery was brought over I guess they should all pitch in, but I'm 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 exempt from this, or at least I'm exempting myself because I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You agree? I agree. You don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely don't give a shit. Now, here's something I do give a shit about. Although the numbers are rather small, okay? ICE arrested 123 immigrants in New Jersey in the last month. In 14 of the 22 counties. Really? Yes. Now, all now this pisses off uh, Phil Murphy and Attorney General Gerbil Gruel or whatever his name is, Goober. Uh, ICE only targeted immigrants, illegal immigrants. I love how NJ.com takes out illegal. Illegal immigrants with prior convictions are outstanding driving under the influence charges. Okay. And that 94% of the people arrested had previous convictions or a pending criminal charge. And they're all freak. The politicians on the left of New Jersey are freaking out because ICE did this. And they Grubel warned, the AG warned law enforcement not to help ICE. Now, this is what our, yeah, not to help ICE. This is what our attorney general is okay with. In Red Bank, a 30-year-old Mexican national, DUI two times, endangering the welfare of a child. Princeton, 38, Guatemalan, aggravated assault, possession of a weapon. Marstown, 50-year-old Honduran, convictions for DUI and burglary. Newark, 41-year-old Peruvian national, multiple DUI convictions, distribution of marijuana, shoplifting, and promoting gambling. Somerset County, 32-year-old Mexican, convicted of DUI and endangering abuse and neglect of a child. In Plainfield, 42-year-old previously deported Ecuadorian national prior conviction for criminal sexual conviction with a minor and a recent arrest for DUI. I can go on and on and list all 123 of them, okay? But this, it pisses me off that our state government is suing the federal government to prevent ICE from doing this. Right, right. 
like we have nothing else to do. There's no there's no crime to fight in New Jersey. But if we get caught with a uh, all we have to do is stop and pee on our way to the range and, and we're a felon. Correct. So it pisses me off that our elected officials who are supposed to elect, who are supposed to represent we the people and the press, of course, they leave illegal out 62 times. On the article, all they write is an immigrant, immigrant, oh, immigrant. Right. Wrong. No. If he was, if he was an immigrant, he would be charged, and he go through the whole process. But because he's illegal, they want him released. They don't. They want him exempt from going through the judicial process in our state. Right. This is bullshit. Now, I just heard a rumor that Trump leaked a little thing. He he told Department of Homeland Security. They should take all the immigrants that are yeah. coming in through the border. You heard this? Yeah, it's great. And drop them off in sanctuary states. <laughs> they're backing it. They're backing off of that, but I think it would be perfect. So do I. I mean, I live in a sanctuary state, which it would piss me off. Well, but sanctu- it would be sanctuary quite- cities, I think it, they said, you know, like uh, oh. San Francisco. But unfortunately, there's so much human feces uh, and and uh, hypodermic needles scattering the streets. That they uh, they have to actually make maps for tourists of what how to avoid uh, the areas that are chock full of human feces. You know, now, meanwhile, you do get some countries that get to a point. So weekend 21, the French yellow vests are out in force, screwing up all the tourist sites. Really? Okay, near the Arc de Triomphe and the Champ de Elise and all of that. Yeah. They're on week 21. It is so bad now that the French government, in their hubris attitude, they're considering tax cuts. <laughs> okay? Which I never would have imagined. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah, so they're getting to a point now. It's 21 consecutive weeks, violent protests. People have lost fingers. People have lost eyes. People have gotten concussions because they're using rubber bullets and they're shooting the protesters in the head and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the government looks like it might be caving to tax cuts because these people feel left out and disenfranchised, especially the pensioners and stuff. Because like a pensioner in France will get like 1,700 euros a month and an illegal immigrant comes in, they get like 3,000 a month. Great. Isn't right. that nice? Somebody who worked all their life and contributed to the system and somebody who absolutely just came in and sponged off of it. The last protest saw at least 15,000 people taking to the streets with over 100 arrests for arson, looting, and violence. This is not going to get better. No. Okay, it's going to continue to escalate. You know, on this trip, uh, there's a husband and wife from Winnipeg, and he's 70 years old. And he told me he worked, he was in the military for 10 years. And between his military service and everything, he worked 52 years. And right before he went to retire, he hurt his knee. And he got uh, eight weeks uh, medical payment. And then when he went to apply for unemployment insurance, he was denied. He was denied unemployment insurance. They told him that you're at retirement age, so why don't you just retire, and in three to six months you'll start receiving your checks. He actually went to his local politician's office and threw a shit fit and told them that the immigrants coming in get this and that, and I have to wait. I'm a veteran. I've been in Cyprus. I've been in Lebanon. I've been in Turkey. I've been in Egypt fighting for, for, for Canada. I'm going to the public. I'm going to the press with this. He got his unemployment insurance. That's about the only way to do it is to threaten them. Yep. He got his unemployment insurance because it took like three to six months for, I don't know what they call it there, but his social security, the military pension, whatever. It took like three to six months. So he figured, all right, I've been paying into unemployment for 52 years. I never once drew a dollar from it. Uh, I only get six weeks from my, my knee surgery. So when that ends, I'll collect unemployment until my social security starts. Nope. Sorry. You're not eligible. (laughs) We have we need the money for the illegals. I mean, it's 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 going to get to the point where people in yeah. America are going to be yellow vesting. Right, right. It has to get to that point. I don't know where the boiling point is for us in New Jersey. Obviously, we must have a, we must have a much higher tolerance for abuse. Right. Yeah. I visited a castle in Ireland. I saw a dungeon. I would imagine probably eighty five percent of New Jersey gun owners would prefer to be locked up in the dungeon rather than going out and kick kick some shit over for the rights. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Unfortunately. Right. Exactly. We've we've witnessed that. Yeah, it's it's not the best thing in the world, but uh, so it's funny. It's universal. Everywhere I go, I talk to people, and, and they're all screwed the same way. This guy's seventy years old. He's walking with a cane. He had to have surgery. He worked fifty-two years of his life, and he can't get his benefits. Coming to a neighborhood near you. All right. Well, we'll what be good is it? <laughs> exactly. We'll be back in a moment after a an obscene profit. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me it's very important that people are treated like family so the bathrooms are very high end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left you'll notice our retail area over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Let's be reminded, uh, today is 14th. We have five, 15th, excuse me. We have four days left for New Jersey to respond to the Rogers case, Sandy. Yeah, that's right. They haven't responded yet. That's right. They can ask for one more 30-day extension. They, I, and I got a feeling they're going to ask for another 30-day extension. I could probably guarantee that because they take that's a typical lawyer tactic. They take it to the very end. So, yeah, he'll probably figure, let me keep pushing this out until my administration is over. Right. But it's amazing that, again, they were so snooty that they didn't file yeah. an opposing brief right. to Schmutters and the NRA. And it's amazing that they got to this point. And let's think about this now in New Jersey. So Knappen has this Cal Calstrom case. The NRA and JRPC, we have the Rogers case. Uh, Scott and Bach, Bach and Schmutter, everybody are pursuing the Magban case, which is way behind because we wanted to focus on the Supreme Court case. So cross your fingers, say a prayer, whatever you do to wish us luck. We're, the clock is ticking. We're four to five days away to see if New Jersey actually files – a brief, and then the Supreme Court within a month, or Dan Schmutter says early May, so maybe three weeks away, we'll know if they grant cert for that that case. Right. If they grant cert while I'm at NRA annual meeting, that's game changer for me. I'm shaving my hair in a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm going to sniff airplane glue on live TV. <laughs> All right. So you know. Well, uh, hopefully we can retract that. I don't care. You don't have to retract that. Listen to me. Uh, don't forget the Cheeseman Gillard case. That's our third case. Three prongs that we have going on in New Jersey. Right. Those guys, that case is self-funded. I donated again, and I, I shamed everybody, and they got a bunch more donations. I don't care if it's $5, $10, $25. It's GoFundMe.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. Dave Jensen's working on that as point man. Jay Factor's in the background doing all kinds of – he's our Second Amendment uh, literist. Yeah. Okay, he's the guy. So we he's a youth – a a, a a a huge knowledge of Second Amendment uh, law and writings going back 300 years in this country. So he's good to have around. But really, support those who support us. So please, please, please do it. Now, what happens in New Jersey doesn't stay in New Jersey, right, Biatches? That's right. Okay, so Pittsburgh mayor signed an anti-gun ordinance. Now, there's preemption laws, which this is kind of illegal, but he he banned – you can't have so-called large-capacity ammunition, uh, ammunition magazines, and you can't possess so-called assault rifles from the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> this isn't Philly. This is Pittsburgh. That's incredible. Well, Pittsburgh the, is kind of like the, the, uh, the other bookend of that. Uh... But for you people out there, what has the NRA done? Uh, Ten minutes after it was signed into law – the uh, NRA filed a lawsuit against it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. There's preemption laws on that anyway. So, uh, but the NRA stepped right in and said, okay, we're going to take care of this right now. Now, we've been following this knife right law. And, you know, I love Doug and Sue Ritter. Knife rights is the NRA for people who like knives. Right. If you if you own a gun and you own some knives, you should join knife rights. Uh, Todd Rathner is a lobbyist. He's also an NRA board member. A good friend of mine, he endorsed me for NRA board seat. Thanks for nothing, Todd. Anyway, uh, actually, Knife Rights endorsed me as well. Well, what's going on now is there was legislation introduced by a, a Republican in, uh, in New York. It's not going to pass. Cuomo won't sign it. But it's A5944, and it would remove gravity knife from all New York criminal statutes while leaving the existing definition of a gravity knife intact. While Cuomo admitted in one veto message that New York City's interpretation of the gravity knife has resulted in a definition that is both uh, that is uh, ambiguous, subject to abuse, and could include nearly any pocket knife, it didn't stop him from vetoing both previously overwhelmingly passed bills. Yeah. Cuomo seems bound and determined to see these arrests continue, even in the face of recognition by virtually every legislator in Albany that these unjust arrests must stop. Meanwhile, while this case is going, people are still getting arrested because of the infamous Rick Flist test, Rick yeah. Flick test. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so this is what we're dealing here. They don't really give a shit. Uh, they're picking people up. Oh, this cop couldn't flick it open. Uh, send in the Sergeant O'Malley. <laughs> yeah. Click. He flips it open. Send Turn in. around, sir. Send in the guy who can bench press 900 pounds. Yeah. You know, you know, it can be a skinny guy, too. If you know the secret to the wrist flick and you snap it right, just about any knife will open. Really? And they'll lock you up. But, I mean, they wrote that, and the judge agreed. You know, the judge agreed and said, wait a minute. You keep bringing cops over till one can do it. How ambiguous is that? Right. Exactly. This is the shit we deal with in our states. Meanwhile, Florida just issued their two millionth concealed carry permit two millionth sandy two million so i'm in my hotel in ireland and i clicked on the link to discuss the article our european visitors are important to us this site is unavailable to visitors from Come the european on. economic area yes you got banned from even going onto the site Yep, your data is protected in accordance with all applicable eu laws uh, while i'm talking to you let me see if i can get on the gun for hire site yeah, right. This this would be interesting. That'd be Let actually very interesting if you could get on and us. See it. Yep, a... I got on the gun for hire site. Wow. But I couldn't open an article about uh, Florida and concealed carry. Wow. All right. 
thank you, Governor. I could put my VPN on, but I'm, I'm all set up right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it now. A uh, couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, so Florida has two million carry permits. Jersey has two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two, not two million. Yeah. Two, and. It's not the Wild West in Florida, is it? Do we read every day right. in the paper of people shooting outside the Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, not at all. How is that? I'm not sure, but uh, you know, maybe they maybe they just they hide the news, you know, because the, the body count has got to be so high there. Because we're we're told New Jersey's different. Oh yeah, because we have people here. Mm. What, and Florida's not densely populated. Uh, they yeah. don't have Miami. They're they don't with, have Orlando. With people from New Jersey. Fort Lauderdale, yeah, almost right. every coastal city all the way around to the Panhandle, starting east and from Jackson, what's it, Jacksonville, Florida or something, is that yeah. what it is? All the way down and around the Panhandle, it's all people from the New York metropolitan area and it's overpopulated. Yep. And everybody has a freaking carry permit. Two million people. Right. Since 1986, they've been issuing carry permits. Two million people. <laughs> 33 years, they're issuing carry permits. They reach 2 million people. Florida agriculture charges $74 for a permit. Do the math. Right, right. Right, do the math. I can't do the math right now. I'm just telling you listeners to do the math. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. I've talked about this a million times uh, because I'll be flying in about, about two hours, actually. Travel safety in an airport. You're going to travel. You're going to travel on an airline. Here's what you need to do. First thing you do is when you're home, you pack all your bags, get them organized. You weigh your bag. You can buy a, a bag, a travel bag weigher. It's like $8 on Amazon.com. You can throw it in the bag afterwards. So after you've done all your shopping, wherever you're on vacation, you can weigh your bag again. You should have your driver's license and or your passport, and you should make sure they're not expired before you fly. You also should print your boarding pass out. I'm really old school. So, Sandy, let's say you woke up to the ticket counter. You check your bag. It weighs 46 pounds. It's under 50. They put the luggage tag on it. They print your uh, ticket out or whatever. You say, I don't need it. I have electronic boarding pass on my phone. So now you get to TSA. You're in the line with the TSA. You drop your phone. The screen cracks and the phone won't turn on. You have to get out of the line and go back to the ticketing counter. Right. If you're not checking a bag and you're just carrying on, you should print a boarding pass, too, because the same thing can happen. We, I don't like to trust electronic devices yet, so I'm a suspenders and a belt guy, right? Yeah, right. Now, you and your whole family, your whole party, bags should be packed, IDs should be ready, boarding passes should be ready, anything else you need should be ready. I pre-clean out my pockets. I wear that sling bag. I put yeah. all the stuff that I'm going to throw on the belt through security in that bag because here's the goal. Before you leave the house, pee, don't drink a lot of water or whatever. The most dangerous place in an airport is prior to the TSA inspection. Whenever airports have been bombed, terrorist attacks or whatever, it's always where the soft targets are before security. Someone will pull up with a car, the car will blow up. Where does that happen? At Let's say a, a departing, right, for departing flights for this moment right now. So – or if it's an arriving flight, at the belt. So what happens is as soon as I get my bag off of the belt, I'm out of there. There's no hanging around, no lingering, because that's another soft area, very hard to defend. So what I like to do is I like to get my bag checked, if I'm checking a bag, and I like to get my ass in line in, in security. Now, I have TSA Pre and Gold Global Traveler. I highly recommend TSA Pre if you travel once in a while. It's like $125 for five years. If you travel international, you get Global Traveler. Why? You get to go through the, the expedited security line. Usually you don't have to take your shoes or your belt off or you don't have to take your gun out of your sock. Usually. <laughs> Usually. But what happens is it gets me through TSA faster. I want to get to the other side of TSA where the probability, the odds of probability of someone – bombing or shooting is a lot less yeah. than out in the general public. Okay, so you have to be very conscious of that. When you're waiting for your bags at the belt, I tell everybody 10 minutes before the plane goes into its final descent, I get up and I pee. Right. As the plane is landing or taxiing, I get all my shit packed and everything. 
I get out of that plane as soon as possible because I like to beeline right down to the belt because I want to be there when my bag comes out of the opening of that belt. Be caught. Why? The conveyor. Why? Because bags get stolen all the time. Yeah. And if you're late, somebody will just walk over, look at the bag, check the tag like it's theirs, and wheel it away. There's no security checking it anymore. Right. But these are things you have to get your friends, your family, your loved ones on board. When you're flying in an airport, you have to get in and get out. Now, I'm leaving a little bit with Mark. We're going to Dublin International Airport. I have everything set up. I'm going to throw this electronic equipment in the bag. I have the boarding passes printed out. I asked the hotel if I could print, and I did it you know, in, in two seconds. Uh, but I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm like Speedy Gonzalez. I'm going to pee before I leave the hotel. I'm going to get out of the car. We're taking a shuttle from the Dublin Airport Hotel to Dublin International Airport. I'm going to get out of the shuttle, check my bag, go right through TSA, and then I relax when I'm on the other side. How I relax on the other side, my bag is attached to me. When I get down to the conveyor in Newark Airport later tonight, I'll always have my bag in front of me, like if I'm waiting for Mark to get his bag, and my hand is always on my bag and touching it. There's plenty of scams where someone will distract you and someone else will steal your bag. I've shared this with listeners before. There was There's a couple where the man approaches you and asks a question. The female has a large wheeled bag, and the bottom is hollowed out. Yeah. And she puts it right over your bag. Right. She puts it right over your bag, moves it literally 10 inches. You finish the distraction with that guy. You turn to your right. You don't see your bag. And there's a woman standing there with a blue bag. Right. And your bag's no. And the hidden cameras I saw for this scam, people were literally running, looking for their bag, and they ran right past it. Oh, God. Yeah, there's just, there's just so many ways to to get scammed in an airport that you have to be careful because there's a lot Uh, going on and you're you're busy you're you're typically rushed you're you're distracted a lot and they know that you hit the nail right on the head so you have to think about it ahead of time listen visualization and mindset sit down and say to yourself as the alpha male or female in the family I am going to the airport. This is what the process is. This is where I should put this. My money should be in my right pocket. My passport should be here. My driver's license should be here. Visualize and mindset. And then sit down with the kids or the wife or the girlfriend or the husband and say, all right, listen, we're going to the airport. I know you think I'm crazy already, and I am a little crazy, but this is the drill. This is what I like to do. Bing, bong, boom. I like to get in and get out. Remember when you're in the airport, if you use a stall, do not take your fanny pack or your purse off and hang it from the hook on the inside of the door on the bathroom stall. Criminals will grab it and run, and you'll be sitting on the bowl with your pants and underwear around your ankles. Right. By the time you pull them up and run out, you won't even know what the person looked like. What I've been seeing a lot here in Europe is the doors are full length. Really? The stall doors are full length, Sandy. Wow. Yeah, you're like in a closet. They just have a vent cut out in the bottom of the door and the top of the door, like holes drilled through, but it's a full-size door, which is kind of really secure for me. You know, you have to pull on the door to see if somebody's in there because the occupied, unoccupied sign is so small. But in America, you know, we have these uh, stalls where half your body's exposed. Someone (laughs) can look right in. Yeah, right. Or they can look right over. They can go into the stall next to you, stand on top of the bowl and look over. How often do you look over your head when you're sitting on a toilet bowl? Right. Right? So I go step on the toilet bowl. I look over the stall. I see your bag hanging from there. I grab it and I pull it. Good yeah. luck catching me. Right. Good luck catching me. <laughs> right. Disappear off into the sunset. So scams happen a million ways. Guys and girls do not carry anything in your back pockets. Carry everything in your front pockets. I'm telling you, buy a pack safe for something. This is my first international trip with the Apple Watch, and I got to tell you, I'm really digging it with the time zones and the weather and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's kind. Of, I mean, I'm a I'm a fashion watch type of guy. I like to make a statement. This is my first trip in 58 years, you know, uh, where I wore this since they've come out, and I'm pretty happy with it. The battery's been lasting too. Yeah, so, the battery does last. You, you can get a defensive ten, pen on a plane. As long as it doesn't have a glass breaker on the tip, mm-hmm. and as long as it writes, so make sure the cartridge is filled. I like Schrade, S-C-H-R-A-D-E. They're available on Amazon.com. They're $20, $25, multitude of colors. I carry aluminum one. I carry two. I have one in my shaving kit in my check bag, 
and I have one in my man purse because, like I said, I lost one in Paris. They, the TSA took it away from me. Yeah. So at least if like if they took it away from me now when I land in Newark, I'd be able I could reload, so to speak. Well, you know, and it's a good point too that the next time Atenzia Kali offers uh, the defensive pen class yes. uh, at Gun for Hire, you'll learn how to do what you would do with a defensive pen with a plain old big pen or a drinking straw. Correct. They use the the clear Pentel yeah. pens. Yeah, the rounded clear Pentel pens. Yeah, and I I, I practice with that with Carl and uh, the other yeah. two Hans and stuff, and and it is effective. But I like my I like my red shade, and I went right through security Newark, and uh, they didn't even open my bag to be honest with you, and, uh, and it was in there. It was in my little sling bag that I carry on the side. Also, don't forget take pictures of your passport, your IDs, your yep. boarding passes, Absolutely. your itinerary. Share it with friends. Make sure it's in the cloud. Okay, you can email all those documents to your friends as well. If you're traveling with kids, you should take, or even a loved one, you should take a picture of them before you leave the hotel in the morning, so you have a current picture of what they're wearing. When I check into a hotel room, like I did here, first thing I did was cover the peephole with one of those little round band aids. I put a towel under the door. I it cuts down on the noise in the hallway. It'll cut down on any smoke inhalation if there's a fire, and also it prevents security or anyone who has one of those locksmithing tools that slides under the door and comes up and unlocks the lock of the door. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. That's how they get in the door. If you faint in your room, how do you think they get in if you have that third lock locked? No, oh, they got a lot of dead bodies, too, that they, they have yeah, to retrieve. Yeah, they have a tool that goes under the door. And again, I've discussed this a million times. There's a reverse peephole viewer for $20 on Amazon.com. You hold it up to the outside peephole and you can see in the room. So I went to CVS and I bought like 100 of those little round Band-Aids and I keep a strip of them in my travel bag. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I check into a room, I stick one of those Band-Aids on. They're perfect. Yeah. Covers the peephole. Now, no one can see in. I, I, it's a lot quieter in my room. As soon as you get in your room, you should always lock the secondary and the third lock. When you're checking in, they, it's, it's a law in the U.S. I don't know internationally, but it's happened to me here correctly every time. When you check in, concierge should give you your keys and your room number should be written. It's illegal in the United States to say someone's room number out loud. Right. Because someone can follow you up to your room and rob you because they know what room you're going to. So you should never, ever hear that. If you do, you would demand to talk to a manager and you'd say, I want a new room. As soon as you get into a room, be careful if there's anybody following you. But as soon as you get in the room, lock the door. I put the do not disturb sign on. To be honest with you, every time I go out, I have the do not disturb sign on. I leave the TV on and I leave a couple of lights on. An amateur wouldn't take a shot coming into the hotel room i also keep i have a lipstick bodyguard that i what that i brought through in my check luggage i keep it on my nightstand with the lid off just some little insurance and safety rules that everybody should think of but again we talked about this sandy you talk about situational awareness visualization and mindset you got to break that normalcy bias baby when you're on vacation there's an entire sect of criminals that prey on people because they're the tourist scum yeah okay they know all the tricks of the trade one of the women on my tour was telling me that three guys came up to him were talking to him in a bar when they were in france these women are in their 70s now so it probably happened in the middle mid 60s uh, her name is pat from arizona when she got to her room that night all their money was gone all three women oh. all three women the guys bought them drinks. Oh, Unbelievable. The guys bought them drinks. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Yeah, that's great. Make sure to, uh, I forgot, a lot of credit card companies you should call before you travel overseas. Good idea. And if you're a member of the Automobile Association of America, they will exchange your currency uh, for free. Which is fantastic. Because yes, you can traveling. Pay, you'll pay a lot of money in exchange if you go otherwise and use Correct. a local bank. For that $100 a year membership, you can yep. go to AAA. You have to give them U.S. dollars cash. You tell them what they what you want, how, how you want it broken down. Two or three days later, they right. call you up. You go pick it up. 
after your vacation, if you didn't spend half what you wanted, they'll exchange it back. Yep. It's a great Well benefit. worth it. Well worth it. Great tips, man. Uh, Thank you. So uh, what do you got going at uh, Gun For Hire Academy when you get back? Well, this April 16th, the Eddie Eagle Kids event for the SOAR group is happening. Uh, May 19th, we're running an RSO class for women only. It's on the Gun For Hire website. Uh, we have RSO, Urban Carbine, Urban Pistol, Urban Precision Rifle 2 is now sold out. Urban Precision Rifle 1 was sold out for the year. Sorry if you all missed it. Uh, Tentia Kali will be coming doing a blended class, knife and pen class. They will also be doing a cane and umbrella class. Self-defensive cane and umbrella, which is a, a really cool class to check out. You do not have to carry a cane or umbrella to learn this class. Uh, they will teach you the tricks of the trade. And uh, I hope I see a bunch of you at the NRA annual meeting in two weeks. But we're going to be broadcasting from the radio from the radio studio next week. And then the week after, I'll be broadcasting from Indianapolis, Indiana. Indianapolis. Yes. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun For Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Anthony, hurry back. Travel safe. We miss you. I miss you all too, Biatches. See you again next week.